Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Innocent and the beautiful have no enemy but time. Yes, innocence and beauty could survive in all their magnificence and glory for all of eternity if every clock in the world could be stopped forever. That might be a blessing for the innocent and the beautiful, but where would it leave the rest of us? Oh, hurry, operator. Please hurry. Answer me. Please answer, operator. Down that phone. This is the operator. May I help you? There's a man here who's going to kill me. Put it down. My name is Ella May Maltby. You heard one Number 28 Bayard Circle. No. No. drama, Her Long Blonde Hair, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Lloyd Batista. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Denture wearers agree. Snug cushions hold loose dentures so comfortably tight, I feel confident again. Soft adhesive snug brand denture cushions ease sore gums from loose-fitting plates. No messy fixing like powders or pastes. Snug is easy to shape and fit. Won't wash off. Get temporary relief from loose-fitting dentures until you see a dentist with Snug. Now in the new four-cushion economy package. Snug, another fine product from Mentholatum. Thursday on CBS Television, you're invited to one of the biggest Hollywood parties of the year. Toast the winners of the 7th Annual People's Choice Awards. The only awards for movies, music, and television in which members of the public determine the winner. Nominated are Dallas, Lou Grant, Shogun, Scruples, Tom Selleck, Clint Eastwood, Robert Redford, Goldie Hawn, Jane Fonda, Carol Burnett, Barbara Streisand, Alan Alda, Burt Reynolds, and many, many more. Don't miss the 7th Annual People's Choice Awards live Thursday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain on CBS Television. Person to person Heart to heart Together we can move the world If we each do our part By helping care All the children To nourish and to heal Those in need Care for the children of the world If we each help one needy child Please send your check or money order to CARE, Box 576, New York 10156, or local CARE office. are sweet, but those unheard are sweeter. The mute violin in its case, the piano standing alone in 
empty room, the silent organ in the deserted church. What sweet songs have they sung in the hands of players who have long ago gone? A tall, dark-haired, and rather intense-looking gentleman of about 40 walks briskly down the crowded street. Now he stops. Evidently, something has caught his eye in a shop window. A look of horror seems to spread across his face. He is quite agitated. What could there be in a pawn shop window to cause him to feel such distress? With an obvious effort, he composes himself and walks into the shop. Yes, sir? You have a violin in the window. Uh, which one? The one in the open case with the bow. Yes. The bow, it, it's made of very light hair. Uh-huh. It looks like blonde hair. <laughs> I wouldn't call it blonde you wouldn't? To the best of my knowledge, I don't think horses' tails come in blonde. It doesn't look like horse hair to me. It doesn't? Uh, it's a woman's hair. A woman's long blonde hair. I was under the impression that violin bows were made out of horse hair. Uh, this is obviously the blonde hair of a woman. I, uh, I, I want to buy that bow. Well, I couldn't sell it to you. You mean you wouldn't sell it without the violin? All right, all right, I'll buy that too. I couldn't sell you either one of them until the end of the day tomorrow. Why not? Because that's when the loan expires. If you can't sell it, why did you put it in the window? Now look, mister, all I did was put it in the window 24 hours ahead of time, so who's hurt by it? Well, what would happen if you sold it to me right now? It doesn't make any difference because I'm not going to do it. I'll make it worth your while. What are you going to make worth my while? The person comes in here to claim the property tomorrow and I don't have it. They got a lawsuit. I could lose my license. I tell you, I must have it. You come around here at the close of business tomorrow. If it's still here, it'll be for sale. No, but it's very important. Why? Why is it so important? It's an ordinary violin, an ordinary bow. Why is it so important? Is there anything I can do to convince you to sell it to me now? No, mister, there's nothing. Well, you had better listen to me. You see, I intend to have look, that bow. Look, 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 you listen to me. There's a button right next to my foot. All I have to do is step on it, and one minute the cops will be here. Now, now, what do you say, huh? Do you want to go quietly? Like a gentleman. Howdy, Benjamin, honey. Ella May. Ella May, and right as rain. Here it is, 4 p.m. on the 15th day of July, and little Mama Ella May is turning up one more time, just like that bad old penny. Only this time, we got us a heap of good old pennies. $105 worth, and that's a living, breathing fact. Uh, let me get it out of the window. Mmm, you take one long, last look at that fiddle, Benji, because you're never going to see it again, ever again. I hope so, Ella May. I know I said this before, but this time I mean it. I'm putting all that bad stuff behind me. Oh, yes, I, I'm going to get the band together just like we used to be, and I'm going to get me another recording contract. We're going back to Nashville, Tennessee, and they in Hollywood, California. <laughs> You'll see it all in them big yellow lots, Benji. Your country cousin, Ella May. 
Now, you don't believe it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I believe it, LMA. All that whiskey drinking, Benji, all them sniffing powders, they're gone. I made my decision, Benji. I seen my daddy in a dream, and he said to me, LMA child, I raised you to labor in the vineyard of the Lord. What are you doing on the payroll of the devil? You know, LMA, a fellow was in here yesterday. He wanted to buy your fiddle. Well, he can't have it. He seemed awful anxious. Why don't you leave it here for another day? He might offer you a lot of money for it. Oh, no, I can't. Well, why not? It's just a fiddle. No, it ain't just a fiddle. See, it was hand-carved by my granddaddy. It ain't a masterpiece by one of them old-time Italian geniuses, but it's a part of my family. Benji, I couldn't leave her go. Not for a million dollars. All right, all right. I just thought I'd tell you. I couldn't make it without her. Just holding her makes me think of my daddy and granddaddy. And they'll keep me on the straight and narrow. Do you understand? Yes. It's going to be very hard for me. I couldn't make it without this fiddle. Well, I wish you luck, Ella May. The very best of luck. Thank you, Benji. And I hope and, and I pray I'll never, ever again have to look at the inside of this place. No offense, meant, Benji. <laughs> None taken, Ella May. And when I get to Hollywood, California, I'm going to send you my autograph on a pawn ticket made of shiny, solid 24-karat gold. Do you believe it, Benji? Why, sure. Sure, I believe it. If you want my autograph... No, no, no. I, I, I don't want your autograph. You don't? Well, what do you want? M may I come in? I don't believe we've been properly introduced. I assure you, I'm a highly respectable person. They can be the most dangerous kind. Most of them lead lives of quiet desperation. Hey, I guess that threw you, huh? Well, I... You figure here's an ignorant little old country girl. Where she come off quoting Henry David Thoreau? But I had plenty of time to read in airplanes, hotel rooms, backstage, waiting to go on. My favorite pastime is reading poetry. Oh, then you, you see, we have a great deal in common. I teach poetry. No! Uh, yes, yes. My name is Damon McLeod. I'm a member of the faculty at Eastern State. Is that a fact? Yes, yes. You see, here, here, here's my driver's license. Um, my faculty ID. Well, well, come on in, Professor. Yes, well, thank you. Yes, I'd, I'd like to come to the point. That bow of yours, the, the fiddle bow. What about it? Well, I should like to buy it. Why do you want it? Well, name your price. Oh, it don't have a price. Uh, tell me, where did you get it? My granddaddy made it. Where did he get the hair? Off in the tail of a pony. Where else? Now, that, that isn't true. Are you saying it's a lie? Uh, oh, dear, I'm, I'm sorry. I, maybe, maybe I'd better go. 
Are you sure you're feeling all right? Uh, Maybe you need a little country fiddling to get you back on your feet. And little mama, your country cousin Ella May, is loaded and ready. Well, just you listen here. I've never been better than on my born and blessed days. You won't get away with it. What? You heard what that fiddle was saying. Mr. I... You heard her? Her voice? Now, Mr. I, I think you have come to the wrong place. Uh, you, you better leave. No, no, I'm not leaving without that bow. I'm willing to give you everything I own just for that fiddle bow. I keep on telling you, it ain't for sale. Oh, you see, you see, I'm sure you don't care. You heard what it said, and it doesn't bother you. Oh, but you see, you'll, you'll be playing in a concert hall. Or perhaps on the TV before millions of people. And they'll hear it. But uh, you see, don't you understand? I can't have that. I, I, I don't understand what... Because it's her hair. Oh, yes, I want that bow. I won't leave here without it. Uh, now, honey, why don't you uh, 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 just sit down here uh, and I'll go in the kitchen and get a piece of wrapping paper. All right? Now, I'll be back before you even know I'm gone. Oh, I hope he stays put. Oh, oh please, operator, hurry. Hands on the hands. This is the operator. Oh, oh. Down that phone. My name is Ella Mae Maltby. He's going to kill me. Put it down. Number 28, they are I'm sick. No. No. Oh, 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 oh. You're, you're, you're hurting me. I, I can't. I can't breathe. Operator. Operator, may I help you? today. Ella Mae Maltby was murdered? We don't know she was murdered, darling. They said the telephone operator reported she was calling for help. There was a man in the room. He was about to kill her. Yeah. And the telephone operator heard her screaming. Sure, sure. <laughs> Look, honey, the lady making the call could have been having one of those hallucinations. What are you saying? Well, I mean, they're on drugs. Yeah, there's so many of them, and they just kind of... Well, you know, they go into these kind of scenes. Oh, yes, but... Besides... Uh... She died of a heart attack. She did? Yes, so stop playing detective. That's my job. No, no. You see, so many of them are just destroyed by the life they live. Like she was a little girl from the country, played a fiddle and sang. She made a lot of money, got a lot of publicity, and she couldn't handle it. I guess it killed her. Happens all the time. Well, is there a possibility somebody could have been there and was attacking her? Well, I guess we'll never know. Did she have bruises? Sure. She was bruised all over. Well, doesn't that prove... She had a rough time these past two, three years. Honey, she was in the gutter. Ah, oh, I feel so bad. Yeah, I understand, but what are you going to do? Oh, listen, about dinner. We have some stew left from last night. You can warm it up. You mind? Why should I? It always tastes better the second day. Uh, say, listen, why don't I give you a lift? 
I'm worried. Oh, why? It's not much of a drive to the college, and the parking lot is very brightly lighted. It's filled with people when I get there and when I'll be leaving. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. I always wanted to go to college. <laughs> well, you could have when we first got married. No, not with my father being sick and needing all that money. Well, I wish you didn't have to go at night. Oh, it's just this one course, honey, and it's only twice a week. Besides, it was the only one this particular professor teaches. This guy must be red hot. He's the authority on medieval English literature. His name is Dr. Damon McLeod. McLeod, huh? Damon McLeod. Why is it that that name sounds so familiar? the name is familiar to us, but why should it be familiar to him? And he's a homicide detective. Well, regardless of what the coroner may say, we know Professor Damon McLeod was instrumental in causing the death of Ella May. Is another lady about to enter his life? Mrs. Magda Sikorsky, wife of the aforesaid homicide lieutenant? We shall expand on this in Act Two. I'm time to go fishing. I'll murder that alarm clock. Oh, it's a wonderful alarm clock. Big Ben never forgets to get you up. I'll pull the plug. Big Ben doesn't need electricity. I'll batter its batteries. No batteries. Big Ben's key wound, so it never forgets. It's not an alarm clock. It's an elephant. You promised, Charlie. Fresh fish for dinner. How about meatloaf? Fish, Charlie. Big Ben or Baby Ben never forgets to get you up. It's time for a West Clocks by Tally Industries. What do doctors recommend to avoid constipation? These days, doctors stress the importance of fiber in the diet. Food fiber that helps the system regulate itself naturally. Metamucil is the laxative made from natural fiber. No chemical stimulants. So for occasional constipation, doctors recommend Metamucil more often than any other laxative. The way to overcome constipation is the natural way. But if not nature, Metamucil. Read, label, and follow directions. Winston Churchill, Albert Einstein, Nelson Rockefeller, Bruce Jenner, Thomas Edison, Leonardo da Vinci. These people, and many other brilliant, talented, creative people, overcame a form of learning disability. This is Pat Collins for the Foundation for Children with Learning Disabilities. There are over 10 million children in this country who are learning disabled, and they can be helped to overcome their learning differences. We owe it to them and to ourselves. Some of these children can be our country's future doctors, lawyers, artists, scientists, and politicians. You can help children with learning disabilities. Please send a contribution to FCLD, 99 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. That's FCLD, 99 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. Oh, come in. Oh, let me see. You are an old 
please, don't, don't, don't tell me. I'm so proud of my memory. I, I use a system. Oh, dear, but something's gone wrong. Your name can't be Mrs. Helicopter. Oh, you're close. It's Mrs. Sikorsky. Well, so much for my system. <laughs> but I remember your first name, yes. Magda. Uh, yes. You're here for your conference. Uh, yes, Professor McLeod. No, no, please. My name is Damon. I find when I'm teaching adults, this professor and Mr. and Mrs. business becomes terribly stuffy. Oh, I, I'm very happy I was able to get into your class. I'm interested in English poetry, you know, especially the very old ballads and folk songs. Uh, there are so many. Is there one you would like to analyze? Uh, Magda? Oh, excuse me. Uh, I was looking at that picture on your desk. Oh. I think she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Such glowing golden hair. Yes. Long, shining, blonde hair. She was my wife. Oh. She will always be my wife. But she's dead now. Oh, I'm sorry. She was... Well, she was killed. Oh. Oh, no. Yes, some... Some intruder, some robber. Well, a reminder, I suppose, that for all our sophisticated, complex civilization, in many ways the raw animal passions of the barbarian savage still smolder underneath. <laughs> well, however, as they say, the world must go on. Tell me, did you have a poem in mind? Oh, yes. The Two Sisters. The Two Sisters? It's also called Benori. I'm aware of that. Do you object to the poem? Why should I possibly object? Why, well, I thought I detected it. A... The two sisters, or Benori. That's one of the hundreds of ballads sung during the Middle Ages. Now, what shall be the basis of your analysis of the two sisters? Well, the story is simple. Two sisters who lived near the river Benori. The, the elder one was plain. The younger was beautiful, with long, flowing, golden hair. Yes, yes. Uh, the knight in shining armor that every girl is waiting for arrives finally. He chooses the golden-haired young one. Yes, yes, we know that. The dark-haired older sister, driven to a jealous rage, pushes the younger sister into the swiftly flowing river. She drowns. Far, far away, her body is washed ashore. A passing minstrel sees the long golden hair and uses it to string his heart. Yes, but all of this the poem tells us. Where is your special insight? Later, the minstrel appears at the castle of the dead girl's father. And suddenly, before all the assembled people, the harp tells the tale of the murder. Yes, very well. Now, what conclusions can be drawn? Psychiatry had not yet been invented. But how do we know it was the harp that was speaking? The sight of the harp, strung with the golden hair of the dead girl, may have assailed the conscience of the older sister. How do we know that it wasn't the older sister's voice that was singing? We don't. Yes. The sight of the golden hair. May I develop this line of thought, Professor? Am I on sound ground? Professor McLeod? What? Oh. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Go ahead. See how you can develop that theme. Thank you, Professor. Uh, yes, sir? Yeah, Mr. Benjamin around. That's me. I'm Lieutenant Sikorsky of the Police Homicide Department. Yeah. My credentials? 
You called and you said, well, you had some information about the murder of Ella May Maltby? Yes, sir, I did. Well, we don't know if it is a murder. The coroner's report listed as a fatal heart attack. If someone was in the apartment and tried to beat her up and that caused the heart attack, then it would be a murder, right? Well, if someone was in the room. I read in the paper that the telephone operator... The operator says Miss Maltby said there was someone in the room. Well, why don't you want to believe it? <laughs> well, because we have no way of knowing whether or not it's true. I mean, this girl was very deeply into drugs. There's one way we can find out. Oh, yeah? Lieutenant, maybe this is nothing. I liked her. She was a good girl. No matter what she did when she was having a bad time, she was a good girl. Okay. When things would get very bad, she would have to pawn the fiddle. And somehow that would bring her to her senses. She would straighten out, earn some money, come in here, buy it back, and stay free of drugs for a while. And then go through the whole routine all over again. Yes, yes. But this time I think she meant it. I, I'd like to think she meant it. Anyhow, the day before she was killed, a man came in here. Now look, maybe this doesn't mean anything at all. No, no, go ahead. He wants to buy her fiddle. Well, now, not the fiddle. The bow. The bow? Yeah, he, he, he's all excited over this bow that belongs to her fiddle. Hmm. Is there any value in it? Well, to him, yeah. To him, there is. I mean, it, it's just an ordinary, more or less cheap bow, but he gets this idea it's made out of a woman's blonde hair. And was it? I don't know. But what's the difference? He insists he has to have it. He, he almost gets violent. I, I, I say to him, the owner still has another day to redeem it. Come back after the deadline. Did he? No. Well, so that should be the end of it, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, except... I got this crazy idea. He waits outside the shop. He sees who she is. He follows her home. She doesn't want to sell him or give him the bow, so he kills her. Or gets her so scared she she dies of a heart attack. Yeah, well, uh, it's just a theory. Well, like I said, Lieutenant, there's one way we can find out. Oh, yeah? She came in here with $105 she needed to redeem the pledge, Okay. She walked out with the case in which was the fiddle and the bow. Now, tell me, Lieutenant, was the fiddle or the bow or both taken from her apartment? If they were there, then my theory about this guy is out the window. We're, we're dealing with uh, my imagination. But if they are missing, you got yourself a suspect. Hey, can I use your phone on a local call? Oh, sure. I remember coming into the apartment. I saw the body, did I? Did I see a violin case? I don't remember. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, this is Sikorsky. Give me the property desk, will you? Thanks. Jerry, Lieutenant Sikorsky here. The LMA Maltby thing. You got a list of the stuff in her apartment in the file? Okay, good. Well, what about her fiddle on the boat? Are they listening? Huh. Is there a listing for the violin case? No? Oh, okay, Jerry, thanks. It uh, wasn't in the apartment, huh? No. But that I was right. Yeah, but we have no way of knowing if she took it home. 
Uh, maybe she sold it on the way. No, 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 no. If if she wanted to sell it, I, I told her she could get a lot of money if she left it here another day. Lieutenant, don't fight it. She left here, it was five o'clock. She got on the phone, called for help. According to the newspaper, it was about six o'clock. No, 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 no. She she had to go right home. Well, can you describe this man? He, he was tall, well-built fella. He had dark hair, getting just a little thin on top. Regular features. And how old? Uh, maybe 50, give or take a year or two. Very intelligent fella. How could you tell? Well, we spoke. He spoke like a man with a good education. Besides, he was wearing a vest, and I could see he was sporting a Phi Beta Kappa key. You gotta have brains to get into that. Are you sure it was that kind of key? Well, don't I get enough of them in here? I have a whole tray full of them right there in the case. Uh, he didn't tell you his name or anything? No. What I just told you is everything I know. Why would he want that fiddle bow? Or why would he want it bad enough to... Kill her for it. You're busy, darling. I'm never too busy for you, Lieutenant. Just let me end this sentence. There now. Yeah, maybe... Maybe you can give me a hand. With your police work? Darling, what brings this on? You never asked me before. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe for the first time I'm dealing with a person that you would know better than me. And what sort of a person would this be? Well, an intellectual person. One who wears a Phi Beta Kappa key. He would be the one who caused the death of Ella Mae Maltby. Why would such a person kill her? Well, because she couldn't or wouldn't sell the bow for a violin. Why would he want it? Yeah, I don't know. It was in the pawn shop window. He obviously had an obsession about that bow. He, he was convinced it was made out of a woman's blonde hair. A bow that was made out of a woman's blonde hair. That's absolutely... I guess it's remarkable. Oh, yeah? Why? I'm analyzing a Middle English poem. It goes back at least 600 years. Yeah? <laughs> Where does that fit in? It's a harp. Well, we're not sure it's a harp. But it's a stringed instrument that was strung with the long, blonde hair of a murdered girl. Well, what does it have to do with all this? <laughs> well, now that you mention it, nothing. It's just uh, the recurrence of the blonde hair theme in, in relation to an instrument. I wonder what Professor McLeod will have to say about it. Professor McLeod? Would his name be Damon McLeod? Yes, Damon. Uh-huh. Now, what does that mean, uh-huh? <laughs> Nothing. It's just when you mentioned his name the other day, I thought it sounded familiar. How would you know him? Well, I went back to the office. I checked it out. It was about a year ago. His wife was murdered. Oh, yes, yes. He, he told me. She'd been killed by a, a, a prowler or a burglar. Was the person ever caught? That kind? Ah, uh, yeah, you don't crack too many of those. Oh, pity. She was such a beautiful woman. She had the longest, loveliest-looking blonde hair. Now, you know all the facts in the case. So you're probably saying to yourselves, Hey, Lieutenant, how much more help do you need? But be fair. If all you knew was what they knew, 
how smart would you be? However, we'll give them a chance to prove themselves in Act Three shortly. written that gentlemen always seem to prefer blondes. We, of course, take no sides in this controversial area. We must remark, however, that our story describes a fascination with blonde hair that covers seven centuries. First, we are concerned with a poem about a medieval knight who preferred a blonde-haired girl to her brunette sister. And more recently, with a college professor who is obsessed with a violin bow that he insists is made of a lady's beautiful blonde tresses. And now, we continue. We've come to the end of another adventure in learning. In addition to your regular assignment, you might trace the origins, Anglo-Saxon, French, or Latin, of many of our everyday words. Well, until Thursday evening, then. Yeah, well, I'm going to... Do you have a moment, Professor? <laughs> Only for those people who call me Damon. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, this poem I'm studying, this medieval myth, the legend, whatever, suddenly uh, acquires a, a deadly modern significance. What are you saying, Magda? Or perhaps it doesn't. I, it, it may all be churning about in my imagination. If a poem can inspire the imagination, it becomes a living, vital thing. Well, what do you make of this? The death of a folk musician, a, a country musician, Ella May Maltby. Did what? Oh, what about it? Ella May Maltby. Well, she is murdered because of her fiddle bow. Well, I, I, I'm afraid I don't understand. It seems a man wanted to buy her fiddle bow, which she had pawned. Uh, how do you know this? The pawnbroker told this to the police. Yes? Uh, a man who was evidently very distraught was desperate to buy the bow. Just an ordinary violin bow? Oh, Why? Uh, he was convinced it was made of a lady's blonde hair. Oh. The police now have a theory. Oh, yes. This man who wanted the bow so desperately followed her home and killed her for it. Well, if you will pardon the pun, we seem to be drawing a rather long bow. Oh, yes, perhaps. I just I just thought it was rather interesting. Yes, yes, I'm sure it is. The, uh, the pawnbroker, can he describe this rather distraught? gentleman? Oh, yes. He was able to give a very accurate description to the police. I see. Shouldn't this prove that there's nothing new under the sun? Well, good night, Professor. Uh, good night, Magda. He had taken three locks of her yellow hair, and with them he strung his harp so rare. He went into her father's hall, and there the Court assembled all. He laid his harp upon a stone, and straight it began to play alone. Woe to my sister who murdered me by the bonny shores of the Binori. I do for you. Why did you tell the police I killed her? Isn't it true? Oh, well, I didn't mean to. You see, it's just that I had this temper, this 
terrible, uncontrollable temper. Why, why did you tell the police? Because I liked her. She was a girl with heart. And because I lost a daughter to those same things that were destroying her. All of us have these terrible moments. I was walking past your window and I saw that violin burn. And I stopped because it was her hair. Her long blonde hair. Well, now, look, look, look. Now stay where you are. Don't you now, move. Please, please let go You're of me. You're trying I... to move down to the other end of the counter where that button is. The one you told me about. The one you step on to call the police. Now, please, please, just listen to me. I don't want to hurt you. I said to myself, that's her hair. It's her hair. Whose hair? Jessica's. Jessica's. You know, her name should have been Jezebel. Oh, please, please, don't get so you excited. Get, I have reason to be excited. My wife. She married me for what? Just for my name. So she could be Mrs. Somebody. Have a home. Some money. Oh, she would run around with other men. She would laugh at me. She, she'd sit there and comb her long golden hair and laugh at me. You should have divorced her. Divorce? Does a divorce restore a man's honor? Does it erase the memory of her obscene laughter? Well... Oh, I can still hear her. I go out with other men because you're not man enough. I'll show you who's man enough, I said. And so I lashed out at her. I hit her again. And again. And again. Please let go of my so arm. She struck her head very hard against the piano leg. I could see the light just flicker and disappear from her eyes. Please, Miss Dye. The last time I saw that golden hair, there was blood on it. And then I saw it again. It, it had to be hers. On that fiddle bow. You see, I know her hair. I love her hair. I followed that woman home. Please, could I get you a glass of water? And suddenly I came to my senses. That is, I thought I did. What sort of madness is this, I asked myself. I was about to go away when... when she began to play her fiddle. And she played it with that bow. And then I knew it was made of Jessica's hair. Look, mister, you got to understand that was you impossible. Fool. I heard it. The bow didn't make the fiddle play. It made the fiddle talk. And I could hear it say... I am the heir of Jessica McLeod, who was killed by her husband. Killed by her husband. Mister, that's impossible. It... Why did you have to tell the police about me? Now, look, look, I'm a citizen. I know my yes, duty. Yes, am I supposed to go to jail for the rest of my life? Sacrifice my career, my reputation for two stupid, worthless women? Mister, you need help. But what good are they? What use are they? One was a slut. The other was a drug addict. We don't have the right to judge. Shut up. 
I'd like to help you. Yes, you'd like to help me right into prison. I'll help you. I'll help you to keep your mouth closed forever. Don't you want any dinner? Nah, I'm not hungry. Now, why do you say it was your fault? Uh, we should have kept an eye on that pawnbroker. But how could you know? Uh, the killer's crazy. He'd feel threatened. He, he'd want to silence anyone who might be able to identify him. And, and now, without that pawnbroker, the description doesn't mean a thing. I could never stand up in court. Oh, uh, well, I'll be late for class. Hey, you're working pretty hard. School can be tough if you've been out for a while. I wish I could do something to help you. Maybe you can. You want to retype my theme for Professor McLeod's class? <laughs> if it doesn't put me to sleep. Oh, come on, Lieutenant. You're a better typist than I am. <laughs> okay, okay. That's not such a bad story. He had taken three locks of her yellow hair. And with them he strung his harp so rare. So on, so on, so forth. He laid his harp upon a stone. And straight it began to play alone. Woe to my sister, who murdered me by the bonny shores of the Bittery. Sikorsky. And you remember maybe a year, two years ago, a woman named Jessica McLeod was murdered? Yeah. Well, you went out there. You talked to the husband. Do you remember what he looked like? Yeah, he was tall, maybe 50, dark hair. Did he wear a five beta kappa key? couldn't put you to so much trouble. It's no trouble at all. Oh, well, I'm, I'm very grateful. I, I just called my husband, but there's no answer at home. Oh, uh, you, you just missed the turn. The turn? You have to go up Torrance to get to my house. But we're not going to your house. What? We're going to mine. What are you saying? My dear Magda, you're writing a theme on the two sisters. It's made of her hair. 
Jessica's here. Jessica? My wife. Oh. The wife I killed. Don't say a word. Do you play the violin? Uh, uh, I, uh, when I was a little girl, I... Pick it up. Oh, uh, but I, I haven't Do played in... Do as I say. Play. You play anything. Just as long as you run the bow across the strings, the bow will talk. Play. You hear? You hear what it says? What the bow is saying? I am the heir of Jessica McLeod, who was killed by her husband. Killed by her husband. Didn't you hear it? Didn't you? Let go of me. Let go of me. You heard it. Murder will out. That's the theme of all the ballads. Let go of my arm. Or are you going to kill me, too? Is that why you brought me here? Did you tamper with my heart? Don't you make me angry. And if I do make you angry, does that give you the right to kill me? What did you prove by killing all these people? No. Your wife, poor Ella Mae Morty, that inoffensive little old man. I showed them. What did you show them? I showed them I am a man. You showed them that you're an hysterical, unbalanced psychotic. Oh, no, no, don't say that. Whether I say it or not, it's the truth. Oh, oh let, let me help you. Help me. Now, you sit down and, and you just listen to me. I think you're a real man. Oh, do you? Do you really? I do, yes. Of course I do. Magda! I, I, I saw your car in the school's uh, parking lot. Put that gun away, Lieutenant. Damon is all right now. Oh, that's the first time you ever called me Damon. It's true you killed your wife and, and Ellen May Mortby and Mr. Benjamin, isn't it? Yes. But you don't have to do any more of that. We all know you're a man. Isn't he a man, Lieutenant? Absolutely. Uh, Jerry, do you and Frank want to escort the professor down to headquarters? I... Are you coming too, Magda? Yes. I'll see you there. I'm very sorry about those other people. But not about Jessica. Are you all right? Oh, yes, I, I, I think so. I, 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 don't, I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't come along just now. Oh, you had him. <laughs> you solved it, Magda. Oh, I, so did you. You came here. Is it possible? A poem maybe 700 years old gives us the clues for a modern-day murder case. Why not? What 700 years when it comes to the truth? The truth lives forever. It never changes. It endures all the ravages of time and space. It is the same now as it was in the beginning and as it shall be in the end. And if you're willing to wait just a few minutes, I may add to it when I return. Every now and then, a novel comes along. A novel that's more than a bestseller. One is here now. 
Cosmopolitan calls it a monumental achievement. Superbly written. Newsday says it throbs with the hurts and passions of today's battle of the sexes. The Bleeding Heart by Marilyn French, author of The Women's Room. The Bleeding Heart, the national bestseller by Marilyn French. Finally in paperback from Valentine Books. Some job, standing all day, and now I've got hemorrhoids. Better not neglect them. I was hoping they'd go away. When I get a flare-up, Preparation H often gives me fast temporary relief from pain and itch. You have hemorrhoids? Lots of people do. But Preparation H even helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues caused by inflammation. I'll try Preparation H tonight. Good morning. Ready for the big sale today? Thanks to Preparation H. Preparation H relieves pain and itch, even helps shrink swelling. Use only as directed. Why do people kill people? Love, hate, jealousy, revenge... You can add as many more as you can think of, but you won't be able to think of any that are new or original. We are told that there is nothing new under the sun, which means that if there are no new virtues, there are no new vices. All we may add is new shadow. The substance shall always remain the same. Our cast included Lloyd Batista, Martha Greenhouse, and Arnold Moss. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I'm quite recovered now, and we don't have much time if we're to catch the next train to Mackleton. I'm afraid that's out of the question. Have you heard nothing of the abduction of the only son of the Duke of Holderness? The ex-cabinet minister? Exactly. Excuse me, sir... What have you to do with the abduction? My dear Watson, Dr. Huxtable is the headmaster of one of England's most exclusive schools. Uh, it's only logical to assume that the boy was taken from his school. We we tried to keep it out of the papers, but last night the Globe printed some rumors which I thought might have reached your ears. Well, I'm well aware that the Duke is one of the great men in the kingdom. Oh, and one of the wealthiest. His grace will hand a check for 5,000 pounds to whomever locates his son. Watson, pack a bag. We're accompanying Dr. Huxable to the north of England. Yes. Excellent, excellent. You relieve my mind, Mr. Holmes. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant WKBN, Youngstown, Ohio.